0: I hope you enjoyed that uh, meditation and the one before. I hope you found it pleasurable uh, because that's what I want to talk about today pleasure in the practice. <laughs> you now, I was a little distracted myself thinking about giving this Dharma talk, and uh, distractedness before speaking is a very common challenge, right? But I hope that you found it pleasurable, and I still think the topic is very interesting. Uh, the topic of pleasure and practice. I started a new kind of meditation a few months back. It's new to me. I mean, do you really think it's possible to have a a radically new contemplative technique without some changes to human anatomy or respiration? I don't know. Probably not. But anyway, uh, for the past 10 years prior, I stuck with the... uh, the, the, the method that I picked up here at the temple, I took the intro meditation course with the <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, you know, I counted my breaths and such, and it's, it's good. Before that, I was reciting mantras using a mala in a Tibetan Buddhist tradition. did that for a decade and a half or so. Uh, but But now more recently, the last 10 years, counting my breaths, and that's fine. That's great. It's not maybe mindfulness per se, and I've got nothing against mindfulness, except when it's like mindfulness, you know, for some kind of corporate agenda. Mm -hmm. But no, what what I like about Zen meditation generally is that it's about developing the ability to pay attention. It seems like maybe the devotional and ritual element in every religion is about turning our emotional drives towards wholesome attention. In Buddhism, we use this specific thing, the breath. And in Zen, there might be a koan or here a wadu. And uh, in Korean, Zen. And whatever, it's about focusing. And this new way that that, that I'm working on is is again a a concentration training. It's about following a map of the body, which the breath journeys, the paths of energy through the body. And for me, it's like, yeah, you know, I started meditating uh, 25 years ago and now suddenly I'm, I'm pumped again. This is, mm-hmm. this is exciting for me. And the thing about it is it starts with feeling pleasure. Really. I mean, no kidding. It starts with feeling it's pleasure. pleasure. It's not, I don't claim to be an expert in this. <laughs> I get distracted. But you do at, take at the beginning breaths that are really pleasurable, as gratifying as you can possibly Uh, I, I got into this co- completely by coincidence. Actually, uh, I had no desire to alter my daily practice. You know, it's a, really a comfort zone for me, a luxury, truly, in, in my everyday life. But you know, coincidences occur. And the first thing was that this great Dharma buddy of mine, Russ, who I met here many years ago, and he's out west now. He spent a few days with an American teacher, Tanasero Biku, and uh, he's the abbot of the Meta Forest. Monastery in California. It's Theravada Buddhism, and it's in this Thai forest tradition. Ajahn Chah, and a bunch of Americans became famous. Uh, Daniel Goldstein, Sharon salzburg Jack cornfield people who I've been reading for years. And anyway, this this Tanisaro Biku produces a lot of books and articles, and Russ and I have been sharing them. The guy communicates with great clarity and wisdom. A bit strict for me; it tends to be a bit orthodox, but he really knows his stuff, and uh, and, and I really appreciate his uh, his, his uh, uh, pedagogy and his uh, uh, his ardency. And in one of our regular telephone calls, uh, we, we talk. Russ and I do about every week or two. Um, Russ was telling me how he went to a three-day teaching meeting from from Tannersville, and he was you know telling me what happened and about. How uh, this teacher was encouraging everyone bring greater ardency to your practice, have faith in your capacity to achieve real and lasting peace of mind. Talking about happiness again, truly mind altering happiness. And I'm thinking, well, okay, (laughs) why not? eh? (laughs) It sounds good. (laughs) Then the second coincidence Louis from the temple here, one of the residents, many in Mobile, he went to uh, pay a visit on uh, a monastery, Tissarana, which is uh, a Theravada place, also up near Perth, Ontario. And he brought back a whole, whole stack of books for free distribution. Set them out on a table downstairs in the Song hall, it's like a buffet. And I just, of course, couldn't resist, reading. you know, I love books. And so it really caught my attention. And one of these books, With Each and Every Breath, A Guide to Meditation. It's a short book, but I, I probably read that Spent more time studying that little book than it took kind of to write it. Hmm. It's about happiness, and I hope it brings happiness to both of us, therefore, and all sentient beings. The, the, the method, it's basically like this, what I got from the book and, and from talking to, to Ross. It's this sort of body energy trick and it begins, as I say, with this very good, humored challenge. Take the most enjoyable and gratifying breath that you can muster. Adjust the variables, Judge the effects, tweak it until you get it down. Make it very okay. But look, this is easier said than done. Right? I mean, try it, I try it right now. Sometimes I put people through this exercise in the services I conduct in the afternoons here, or in my community workshops I often do. It's often with people who are at risk in no marginal groups, subculturally culturally and whatnot, and how absurdly not easy this is to do. It can be quite humorous, and it's good when it is funny. Cool bearing in mind here that the trying to alter our minds is not something we're doing just for the fun of it we're opening an existing gateway here and who knew i mean it can be it is hugely enjoyable in a very deep sense we can work with pleasure it sounds easy but as i say try it i mean the parameters that you might vary include how long your breath is maybe you're going to go long in short out Maybe you're going to go short in, long out. Maybe you're going to make a heavy breath or a light breath, a shallow breath, or a deep breath. Maybe uh, it's from where you put it. Maybe you're going to put your your mind on the tip of your nose. Maybe it's going to be the energy through your toes. Maybe whatever, the diaphragm, up and down. You're putting your concentration through your breath, through your body, and, and feeling the energy in your body. It's definitely a skill. Hoping you're trying it I I won't be offended if you do it, you know, while you're maybe even give it a priority over listening to me. But don't claim that you can't do this, right? I mean it, it don't claim that you don't have the qualifications. This is your breath we're talking about here, right? See so everyone is qualified to be gratified by the energy experience of their breath. Everybody. Now, continuing uh, my description of this meditating, this this very nice breath that I've uh, attempted to muster, you, you start going around the body. With it. You take a few breaths, maybe from you know deep beneath your navel somewhere, and then uh, you center it there, I you know, feel it, and then you go maybe to the right side of your hip, then the left side of the hip. You can do a different map, but this is what I do. And then maybe the heart center, just under the ribs, the heart, and then the Right side, the left side, up, up, uh, 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 up, to, to, to uh, uh, upper chest, center, right, left, maybe the throat. Maybe you're gonna at this point, you might practice, uh, you know, squeezing that throat a little bit here in the ocean like that. That can feel very nice. Maybe you do that. Feel the energy in there, and then from the between the eyes. Some people may say, okay, this is the chakras, but we don't have to go to Indian, you know, Hindu doctrines here. You just these are places in the body that. Uh, are, are just a set of maybe somewhat arbitrary choices here for this purpose, but from the from the from the center of the forehead, can you sort of relax your face and try to feel the energy behind your eyes and, and around your mouth and jaws. Maybe you swing around to the to the top of the spine, feel the uh, breath energy coming out your arms, feel it in your hands. And our hands, they they hold a lot of tension. We type a lot and, and, and use devices a lot, so it's just amazing just to feel them. And, and, and focus on them You'd be grateful for them like that. Where there's resistance, maybe you're going to balance that out a bit, or maybe not today, maybe you're going to leave it for tomorrow. You know, you're going to go on and place your attention. Ultimately, coming back to centering, maybe following along with the energy as it radiates outward from your whole body like a light. You're a candle in a room, filling the room with light. And at the end, you're sitting there and you're breathing through your Supposedly, supposedly, supposedly. Me in a half hour, I, I, I'm really able to, you know, I get out of my head. I'm just darn lucky, you know, my distractions. But I'm going to be attending, you know, retreats at the temple, and I keep doing it, and you know, keep bringing it back. And and as I say, it's 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 kind of got me intrigued and interesting. This business, especially of uh, of trying to generate, trying to experience this deeper pleasure. It's it's funny how it starts. It, it, it's like At first, when I say, okay, what's pleasurable here? I feel like maybe there's a bird in my head, and it's looking down for pleasurable happenings. You know, there on the ground, on my body somewhere. I'm looking for it. I'm sort of like hunting like a hawk, soaring. You know, where's the pleasure? You know, where can I leap down on it? Grab some of that pleasure. But as the meditation develops a bit, the pleasure starts to come from deeper inside. It's not something I'm looking down at and grabbing at. It's almost like it's, instead of being out there, like a sensual pleasure, something you might strive for and get, something you might get lucky with, like in a casino, it's more like, it's different. It's a pleasure that radiates from deep inside, from each place where you bring attention. Each place, it's different, different, not a sensual pleasure. It's gratifying, it's not consumed, right? It doesn't harm anybody. It's available and abundant. No zero-sum game here, right? This is this is everybody's capacity. The, the, the meditation is naturally applied off the cushion to, to living wholesomely, dropping the hindrances to peace of mind, and Buddhism is big on dropping hindrances, right? Letting go of that. And uh, uh, one hindrance is anxiety, you know, and I am a habitual worker. And so, uh, sometimes Tannistero, for example, they give you little tips, you know, for how to how to maybe practice letting go like that. And one I, I thought that was good, I'll share with you. He said, you remember those old station wagons? When I was a kid, you know, cars were big, and they had, in station wagons, there was a, a rear seat that faced backwards, right? A reverse, I don't know if you ever see these, these great big vehicles, it's being antique now. but." It's kind of like if you think, okay, I'm riding down the road in one of these, I'm facing backwards and I'm watching my anxieties and bad habits disappearing behind me as the car goes forward down the road. True, now I can't see what's coming up, you know, I'm just imagining going down the road, I'm looking backwards in this station wagon, my anxieties, my habits, my bad uh, habits of thought, <clears throat> they're slipping away behind me, I can let go of them because I can just feel the vehicle. And I, I, I can't see what's coming, I admit But I think in this feeling of letting go, I can be more available nonetheless. I, I can be more present with what's happening now, even if I can't anticipate it. It's exactly knowledgeably. It's sort of like backwards dancing, right? But I'm not blindfolded. I mean, I've got my eyes open. Uh, it it's kind of puts a positive spin on uh, Kierkegaard's dilemma. Soren Kierkegaard was quite a negative. Danish philosopher, and he famously pointed out that we're condemned to live life in forward, despite we can only understand it in reverse, looking backwards That so there's a positive spin on that. You can be present, even though you don't know what's gonna come up, but you 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 know you're letting go.